Good morning. Greetings to each one in Jesus' name. It's been a blessing to be with you all so far this morning to uh, be able to worship the Lord together in song. Appreciated those thoughts from uh, Timothy there about Job. And I guess sometimes we think we're going through a lot or have some big trials in our life. But if we think about Job, what he went through, I think our, our problems look pretty small. Yet with all he went through, he did not sin against God. And that's a um, remarkable testimony. Trust we can uh, have that as well in our life. Yeah, we also, uh, we also, it's also been a blessing for us to be here the last, I guess we've been here for almost two months now, it's hard to believe, coming back from Haiti, and we've really appreciated um, getting, I guess, kind of reacquainted again with each one of you, and um, we uh, definitely missed the fellowship and the singing and all that, but uh, we're thankful that God has us here again, and we want to... Uh, yeah, just thankful for each one. <clears throat> so this morning, I would like to read out of Romans chapter 1, uh, verse 18 to 24. I was reading through this passage here, I think it was a couple weeks ago. And uh, it's one of those passages that, at least for myself, I kind of tend to maybe read over without really digging into it seems there's some, maybe some big things in here. It can be kind of hard to understand. But uh, I was reading through here, and there was this one verse that caught my attention, and I decided to uh, look into it a little bit more. And that's kind of where this came from, this uh, little meditation here this morning. So I'm going to read verse 18 to 24. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. I think we'll stop there. But verse 20 is uh, the verse I'd like to, to look at. Um, I'm not sure if it ever quite stood out to me before like it did when I was looking over that. And I'd like to read uh, this verse in the Amplified. I thought it gives a little bit more of a... I mean, a better... We can understand maybe just a little better. Um, it says, For ever since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through his workmanship, all his creation, the wonderful things that he has made, so that they who fail to believe and trust in him are without excuse and without defense. So, uh, basically, 
you know, God, we can't see him. He's, uh, he's not a, a person that is right in front of us. But he has, um, but he created the world to, to show forth part of his attributes, I guess you would say. Um, and the title I had is uh, Nature's Revelation. Um, nature's Revelation is God speaking and making, making himself known through his creation. Creation is not God, but God made creation to reflect aspects of his glory and to be a testimony of his existence. And I, at least for myself, you know, there's times where we're going through, through maybe hard times and sometimes maybe we, we question, we can question maybe, you know, God's existence um, because of maybe something we're, we're facing um, and we need affirmation. And God has given different... Um, God has made different ways of giving that to us um, through through revelation and and uh, this I guess this aspect I'm looking at is um, I got this title from my side reference uh, nature's revelation which is the creation that God has made the world and uh, yes yeah, so I guess as I as we look through this I have some some passages and psalms I want to read and uh, I trust it'll be an encouragement to each one of us that uh, God is real, he, uh, he does exist, and uh, he cares about us whatever, uh, with whatever we're facing. And, uh, and also, his glory is very plainly evident in nature, and we can see that wherever we look, and it's, uh, it's available to us every day. So, and sometimes we, uh, we tend to, to look over some of the things and so I was just I just want to encourage us to uh, I guess to to take a look at that. So the first psalm I have here is Psalms chapter eight. I have three psalms I want to read. Psalms chapter eight. I like to read the whole chapter here says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beast of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. If we look at uh, verse 3, we see how his fingers created the moon and the stars. And uh, it's not quite as, at least I know down in Haiti, when you look up in the night sky and, and see the stars, it's, it's way more, uh, how would you say, magnificent or, or more, um, the stars are a lot brighter because of there's not as much pollution, I guess, and light and whatever. Well, there is pollution down there, but... Um, there's not as much light, maybe. So 
so it's very uh it's very interesting to see just when you start like like once your eyes adjust to it it's just like it seems like an endless sea of stars and uh we have some of that here too in Iowa it's not maybe quite as um not quite as how would you say magnificent i guess or however you want to say that but uh but if you look up in the sky on a clear night and just uh and just kind of take in the vastness of what you can see um and your eyes begin to adjust it just seems like more stars appear you know as you uh get adjusted to it and yeah it's just it's just remarkable how god used his fingers you know if you look at our fingers they're so small and that's what he used to create those and um yeah just letting that that thought sink into our hearts and then also in verse 4 he says what is man that thou art mindful of him so this god that created all this that we can't even comprehend um, the universe david replies with what is man that thou art mindful of him and you know you can kind of get that i know for myself i get that feeling too is why why is god why does he care for little me and uh but he does and he cares for each one of us no matter um maybe how insignificant we think we might be or whatever god cares about each one of you what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him they say in the uh, the Milky Way galaxy alone, they estimate 100 billion stars, although some estimates range up to four times that many. So uh, I'm sure you all know the Milky Way galaxy, and there's just untold millions of stars. They don't even know how to count how many there are, really. So So huge and so vast. And then what stood out to me, too, at the end of this psalm was in verse 9, how David responds with, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. That was his response to this as he, as he wrote these words. <clears throat> o Lord, our Lord, he is our God. I'd like to go to Psalms 29 for another chapter. We'll also read this whole chapter. It says, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. That is our God. The voice of the Lord is powerful. I looked up the uh, the cedars of Lebanon, and they said they were uh, they could grow up to 130 feet tall. Now that's pretty remarkable. And it says the voice of the Lord 
breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. So if you think of a tree 130 foot tall, I'm sure it's very large in diameter as well. And to think of that tree being just split down the middle or just breaking in half, that's a pretty big feat. So, uh, but it says, the voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Then also, I looked up this mount. Uh, see, it talks here about Lebanon and Surion, and that is a, a mountain. It's called Mount Hermon in Syria on the Lebanon-Syria border, and that mountain is 9,200 feet high. It's the highest mountain peak in Syria. But here he says that he maketh them to skip like a, basically like a calf. So if you think of a very big mountain like that, just skipping around, God can do that. That's just hard to imagine. So we serve a big God. Um, I'd like to go now to Psalms 19. Just thinking, I should ask should ask Tyler if he can see Mount Hermon from where he's at. I don't know if he can or not. Okay, Psalms twenty nine, or no, nineteen. Sorry, Psalms nineteen, verses one to six. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world, in them to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. I'd like to also read this in the Amplified. Give us a little different thought of this says, the heavens are telling the glory of the glory of God, and the expanse of heaven is declaring the work of his hands. Day after day pours forth speech, and night after night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there spoken words from the stars. Their voice is not heard. Yet their voice in quiet evidence has gone out through all the earth, their words to the end of the world. In them and in the heavens he has made a tent for the sun." which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, it rejoices as a strong man to run his course. The sun's rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. So some, uh, I have some points here I'd like to get out of this, um, these verses here, and these are not all original points with me. Um, but first of all, God's glory is being proclaimed in nature. The heavens are a declaration to the fact of God's glory. It is a sign to the entire human race that God does exist. Wherever we look, we find evidence of orderliness and harmony. And that's always been an amazing thing to me, God's creation and how he has ordered everything in it, and it harmonizes beautifully. Um, I don't know how he did it, but he did. And there's, you know, just endless things we could look at that could prove that. Um, how things are all working together so nicely. And if you think of the solar system, 
and the planets that are racing around up there so fast, and they all stay on their course. There's no accidents or collisions up there. And it's just, it's amazing how God has ordered all that. And I'm sure there's many things that we haven't even found out yet. But we see everywhere we look the uh, orderliness and harmony of creation in the plants and the animals and even in us as humans. Uh, the second one is the testimony of nature is constant. And in verse 2, we have that um, day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. Basically, 24-7, creation is showing forth God's glory. And uh, we are being reminded of God's existence through nature. Uh, the third one is this revelation is nonverbal or inaudible. And we see that in verse 3. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Well, actually, let's see here. I guess in the Amplified it would say, uh, there's no speech nor are there spoken words from the stars, their voice is not heard. Yet their voice and quiet evidence has gone out through all the earth. So it's basically, um, the revela this revelation about God does not consist of words, it is nonverbal revelation. Although the testimony is clear to everyone, this testimony is not accomplished through, the, through words. The heavens, therefore, offer a silent, continual testimony to God. The heavens give an objective revelation of God, whether or not anyone acknowledges it. Fourth one I have is, it is worldwide. It says, their voice has gone out through all the earth. So this, um, this, this nature's revelation, I guess, is why I have my title. Um, it, it basically, it's, it's worldwide. It's all over the earth. No one can get away from it. Um, there are no geographic barriers. And there's no language barrier. It says there are words to the end of the world. And uh, with living in Haiti and having experienced the... Uh, I don't know, difficulties or, um, of trying to understand someone that you don't know their language. Um, this one kind of connects with me. Um, but language and cultural barriers are not a problem with God. He can uh, still show forth his glory with, without even words. And then lastly, we have the Son gives constant testimony to God's provision for humanity. And the sun is an amazing thing that God has created for us. And uh, the shining of the sun in the sky gives constant testimony to the existence and care of God. And uh, here in chapter 19, um, David has almost three verses that talk about the sun. It says, in them hath he set a tabernacle for the son, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. I don't know about you, but if you think about that kind of word picture there, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, a bridegroom coming, it's, so it's talking about the son, like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoicing as a strong man to run a race. So I kind of got this idea about the son coming out in the morning um, it comes out of its tabernacle, or it also translates to a tent. 
um, each morning. It's all excited and delighted to show forth the greatness and the glory of God that day. I, uh, that's kind of my own words, but um, that's kind of the idea I got out of that. And then his going forth is from the end of heaven. It starts on the one side and goes the whole way to the other side. It covers the whole sphere of the earth. So uh, <clears throat> it says here at the end of this verse, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Just amazing things. Our God is amazing. Then I did have some uh, facts here about the sun. I thought I would give you all two. Um, I'm not sure if I realized this before, but the, uh, the mass of the sun accounts for 99.8% of the mass of the solar system. And most of that final 0.2% comes from Jupiter. So the mass of the Earth is a fraction of a fraction of the mass of the solar system. I don't know if you can imagine that. It's almost hard to get my mind around. And the volume of the sun is so great that you would need 1.3 million Earth-sized planets to fill it. Not even all the planets combined could fit inside the sun. The sun is quite small in comparison to the other stars. For example, UY, I'm not sure how to say this, uh, Scuti, a red supergiant star, has a radius of around 1,700 times greater than that of our sun. So we think the sun is big. There's another something up there that's 1,700 times bigger yet. And uh, another thing here was the sun travels at a speed of 136 miles per second through space. It's not 136 miles an hour, it's per second. So uh, that's amazing. So I'd like to close here with Matthew chapter 6, um, verse 25 to 34. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34, it says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So I think I'll leave you all with that. Um, if, you, uh, if you're struggling or if you... Uh, you need to, uh, I guess, get your mind on, on God. Just go outside in the, in the evening or in the morning and, and set your gaze on the stars and allow God's creation to uh, reveal, I guess, Christ to you through all that. Um, 
I think, you know, some people, they, they, they basically they worship the creation instead of the creator. So we need to keep that in mind. You know, God is the one that created all this, and he created creation to, uh, to, to show forth his, those invisible attributes of himself, um, some of those, um, to draw us to him. So uh, trust you all are encouraged with that. May God bless you.